March 28, 2009, it's the Watt from Pedro Show.
Watt from Pedro Show. Here on a Saturday in Pedro. Uh, I feel kind of guilty, Brother Matt, because... <laughs> no, because the country right now, like... Fl- well, Many uh, soda, North flooding. Dakota, they have flooding. Yeah, There's freezing flooding. in the Midwest in Oklahoma mm-hmm. and uh, Nebraska, Kansas. And here, man, you wouldn't know. Kind of nice. Very nice. I paddled <laughs> this morning and calm water without it being kept in a filthy. Sorry, folks. And yeah, I know. I feel either that or I'm kind of worried for the karma whale. Yeah, yeah the backlash of that one. <laughs> Earthquake or something. <laughs> yeah, Salton Sea. Man, it is like really great weather for end yeah. of March. Salton Sea is getting hundreds of earthquakes like an hour. Yeah, it has been. Bus down there. Volcanoes going yeah, off the north. I think we got to get you a little closer. Um, we start off the show with. Um, so I wasn't gloating, okay? I'm, it's a reserved Just thing. It's weird, mixed feelings. Uh, all the people with the heavy weather, I wish the best and they can weather it through. Um, I'm going to be in Minneapolis at the end of May. Um, we started the show off with John Coltrane with I'll Wait and Pray, and then something new from Miku, Pulling from Above. There's, that's the title track from the new album. I'm on a couple of songs. Cool. In fact, one song on there, it's a trip. It's a, it's me and Petra doing a cover of a song from their second album they asked us oh. to do, and none of them are on it. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a song that's their song, but we covered it, mm. with them not on it. A trippy insert, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they asked me and Petra to do our version of it, and then we had Money Mark do a little synth track, and I used some water sounds from Pedro here, cool. so to import yeah. to Tokyo there. <laughs> And they, got, they liked it a lot. I didn't know it was going to be for the album. But they liked it. They said, we're going to put it on our album. And then I'm on two other songs where I actually play with them. It's in the summer of 2007. So they're coming here. You know, they're also the bass and drum for Cornelius. Cornelius is going to play here with Deerhoof. But I'm going to... Oh, yeah, while you're gone? I'll be on oh, tour. I'm but you should go see it. I think... Where's that? Well, one of them's the Glass House, but one of them's in L.A. too, somewhere. Damn it. One's in NorCal. I think two gigs are in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So they're only North America a little bit. Central America. Maybe six gigs. That's cool. They're squeezing a little Mexico trip. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they've ever been there. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Mexico, Ciudad Mexico, the Mexico City. I got an email a few days ago from a cat there named Enrique. And uh, he says they got a bazaar there. One of many. It's kind of like frilly market, Mm -hmm. swap meet thing. And he said he saw the little base. (laughs) Wow. He said it had all the stickers on it and everything. Wow. So I I asked him, I wrote him back yesterday, uh, take a picture. You know, maybe you're confused. Maybe Mm -hmm. some other cat put stickers on it. He said he was a huge Stooges fan, and the guy was selling it for 800 bucks. So maybe it's in... Damn. I don't know. I mean, I've already resigned myself to it being mm. gone and getting three other bases, you know. <clears throat> so what do you think? Oh, yeah, we have guests, we should say. Yeah, I guess. Bird? Yes. Well, welcome aboard. Yeah, I don't yeah, like this. <laughs> I don't like the sound of myself on the radio, but no. we'll try it again. Yeah. Bert from Vapor Brothers. Vapor Brothers, right. In what town you live in? 
What town? I live in Westside right now. Okay. But I'm from here, kind of, up the hill a little bit. Yeah, he's got paddling roots. Really? Yeah. Well, oh, I built his own kayaks and stuff. Built, built kayaks, did this harbor. My whole paddling career is between Flights Brothers and the, you know, the breakwater. Yeah, wow. around, the around the island. Yeah. yeah, that's a paddle. Yeah. Pretty kayaks. So under the uh, Henry Ford Bridge, the mm-hmm. back side, the oh, north right. side. Yeah, several wow. times. Yeah. I don't have them anymore. I'd like to get back in there. I have a small sailboat we go out. Well, you used to build your own now. kayaks. Scotty, the drummer of Stooges, told me about building one as a teenager. Mm-hmm. There was a kit yeah. with wood, and you put material on, doped it. Lady, he said it weighed, yeah. it weighed a lot. Uh, Nothing foxy. like these plastic guys. Mine weighs like 44 pounds. These were ultra light, like 25 Oh wow! Pounds. Yeah. What? What? Like uh, tube? Uh, no, out of uh, plywood. It's called tortured plywood. Actually, it's really thin plywood that you actually cut and, and seam together. Um, On a frame? No frame. Oh, actually, wow. it's kind of a modern method to do it. Okay. It looks like a very old boat, but yeah, it's a super modern thing. You get plans from Wooden Boat magazine. Wooden yeah, boat. I love this harbor. Yeah, it's changed a lot. But was it a small hole? Uh, hole? Big hole, like sixteen feet. No, the hole. Oh, I uh, became smaller as I the second okay. boat smaller. Yeah, yeah. But with no sit on top. No, not, not yet. sixteen feet. Huh? Mm-hmm. Sixteen footer is a good one. Moves fast. Yeah, the longer the faster. It's Mine's only nine and a half foot. But see, I got to fit in my boat. <laughs> and those guys. Like there's a paddleboard waiting for me. <laughs> I can't get it to Pedro because it won't fit. Hmm. Yeah, and our, you got to uh, move for it in a yak club now if you want downstairs. Oh, really? Well, i got to get it from Pete. i got racks now, too. Well, maybe go out to Long Beach and get it because I can't even fit it in, this baby. You and our other guest is uh, Miss Tiffany. Been a long time. Hello. Coming aboard. Nice okay. to be here. Wow, I heard the hatch crack. Yeah, right on cue. fuckers not knocking. Hello. Something to witness hey, an accident hey, of hey, sixth hey, and seven. Hey, that was it. Yeah. Hey, Bob. Um, Park your ass. Show's underway. I got your email about Sid. We're gonna play some Sid. Um, Bert. Yes. Bob. Good to meet you. Nice to meet you. Bob. Yeah. Nice to see you. Nice to see you again. Um, <laughs> Bert's us He's built uh, kayaks, handmaders of tortured plywood. How do you torture it? And uh, among it other things, he's built is uh, vapor, <laughs> vaporizer. Now, Brother Matt, yeah. you want to discuss? We make the vapor. You seen this? Oh yes, it's yeah. uh, put it hurt on me around. once or twice. Yeah, That's our little invention. invention started. Is that right? That hurts yeah. you? No, because they're designed not to hurt. No, it hurts so good. I mean the effect. It hurts yeah. so good. Really, um, tortured plywood. Is that um, um, you I know. tortured plywood, but <laughs> it was shattered in a million pieces. Yeah, no, bent in two directions. Not as easy as bent in one direction. Oh. Mm, curved hole goes very fast too. Oh. Super light. That's yeah, just like get in the, the water. Plastic it gives it speed yeah, because it's more buoyancy, or what? Oh, it's just a very long, slim hole shape. Go oh. out in, catch the wind. Just look at something on the horizon, maybe Angel's Gate or something, just paddle toward it. It was very fun. Yeah. The more narrow, like, Eva's Pop had some of the first ones. Needle, needle Myers. 
these mm. things are so narrow and they draw so little water they just jam really long skinny they were like from early 70s yeah these are narrow and so freaky you're an inventor. yeah go yeah i guess we're an inventor yeah my friend actually i give him most of the credit because he came up with the original just like tinkering around got a hit it wasn't like this yeah though. we'll talk it about it let's metal. play some music Yazuki, sit your ass down.
left your journal just lying around Did you think that I wouldn't read it? Well, I did and I'm sorry Cause I know I let you down But I really could not believe it Yeah, the stranger
I'll be your oral proctologist and you'll be my best man. Got a great prescription to stick up your ear in. I'll be your anal psychologist, I'll probe your bottom line. And you know I'm certified to have anus on my mind. Proctologist, and you'll be my best man. Got a great prescription to stick up your ear in. I'll be your anal psychologist, I'll probe your bottom line. And you know I'm certified to have anus on my mind. from Pedro show um, let's see we heard um, <laughs> the whole Godzuki sit your ass down by G Shamasan then the stranger I live with by Sid Straw and oral proctologist by the ass clown yeah and brother Matt has <laughs> got a line of questioning from Mr. Bird here yeah. an invention of his yeah cause Bird's a legend amongst the vapor culture and uh, I think you know, a lot of stony people have great, brilliant ideas constantly, but they don't always act upon them to make them take them from the killer idea to the reality of it. And I think that's killer that you did that. You took a cool stony idea and not only created it into reality, but made a career out of it. You're right. It it is hard to take it to the next step because people like. Uh, stony people have so many ideas that happen, just flow, and they talk about it and talk about what they're doing. It gets annoying because then it doesn't get to the next step, and sometimes it gets forgotten about even while they're trying to remember. They, um, me, I guess. But this thing, yeah, it works really well, and it uh, it saves you from a lot of impact of smoking. So it kind of had to be made. It was about the year like '99. 98 and uh, my my friend Robert was tinkering around 
with vaporizers that had been invented in the 60s or 70s. So Robert's the other vapor bro? He's the other vapor bro. Not my real bro, but vapor bro, which is real bro in a way. Even tighter. Yeah, tighter. Not he was <laughs> Yeah. And an artist. An artist in uh, Santa Monica, tinkering around, and I was an engineering student. So that's handy. Yeah, yeah. Now, did this have anything to do with convection? That Well, that's a good word, because this is a convection vaporizer. Before this, basically, there was no good hit to be had. Um, old vaporizers, it was like a globe and like a, a piece of metal that you put herb on, and that would kind of burn, but also kind of vaporize. Vaporizing is actually evaporating off the oils out of the inside of the herb. You don't actually have to catch the herb on fire and smoke, I mean, inhale the, the smoke and tar and ash out of that to get the good effects out of it. Um, basically, this thing just makes clean, hot air, not hot enough to burn the herbs, but when you draw the air out of the device and through the herbs, you inhale what that air uh, it boils off the oils out of the herb, and you inhale this big hit of fresh, like, sweet, it's you so guys delicious. know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's like three D flavor. So good. Yeah. Does and it suppress the way a catalytic converter might the um, harmful irritants and I think well, yeah, it suppress well, it leaves behind the whole plant structure like yeah, the, the harmful irritants never get fired. So then up. without the fire then you don't have the combustion which then Yeah, that's yeah. the unhealthy part. Throws you know, off even. carbon monoxide or whatever. It's like an extractor for the good stuff. Mm. You get this very clear, heady mind space, and you leave behind, like, kind of the heavy body um, trip. Yeah, like that, the difference between being high and being stoned, they say. Mm-hmm. That's my distinction. And you said, which which is so the this? Vaporizer the high or the, the stone? high and a bong hit. Okay. Like oh, it's a stone. Leaves yeah, a beaten yeah, down yeah. body, uh, glued to the couch thing behind, and goes to a more heady... That's yeah, all good. It also lasts like longer. Do you still get real hungry? Um, you can. It depending on, you know, where you set the little temperature control. If you crank it up to nearly smoking, where you're almost catching the herbs on fire, but you're right below that. The herbs are actually getting browned, almost blackened. And you're blowing out big hits of almost smoke, but still when you blow it out, it kind of disappears about this far away from your about arm's length away. From you, it actually disappears and evaporates back in the air. I think that's the right word. Yeah, it, it condenses kind of in your lungs, blows out as kind of a visible mist, and then evaporates. If it were smoke, it would linger. You, that's the difference, really. Smoke is ash particles. So you say you can even use that toasted remnant. It's still good, like all the parts are usable. Yeah, the waste product does not go to waste. It's kind of there's still well, that strong... If someone unbeknownst um, to the process were to take that and, and smoke it, would the THC pretty much be gone and you'd be left with all the harmful things? Or? Well, you know, there isn't just one element in herb. Um, there's many, many, many different chemicals that do different things. They interact and stuff, which makes all types of herbs so different. Why you get different effects, different methods, different herbs. With with this one... Uh, when you vaporize, you're, you're drawing off the things that come off at kind of low temperature, which includes THC and, and other CBCs and so all these things 
the good ones mostly. What stays in the herb are kind of the heavier, high-temperature things, uh, which gives you kind of a heavy body high. That's why if you take the waste product from this, which is like a toasted brown just plant, uh, you can cook with that. And uh, you have to beware because actually it's quite potent. Um, It's not a waste that that stuff stayed in there. It's kind of the stuff you didn't um, need anyway. Like if you want to function, a vaporizer really kind of keeps you awake for longer and doesn't let you down at the end. You can keep vaporizing and it'll still, you know, have its effect. Yeah, with smoking, if you keep smoking, you really get to this point where you're back to sober almost and that wasn't the point so sometimes people just smoke forever it's it's kind of tolerance yeah you build up the tolerance quickly freshly picked um, Maui might have uh, I remember it tastes like it freshly picked steady and all day and not oh, yeah. wanting or more nor having a dip or well it stays with you longer basically you get higher for longer on less herb with less body impact uh, and and you can, I mean, it's, it was never meant to actually replace smoking. You can still smoke. I mean, there are, like, vapor purists out there who, if they find out that I smoke, or like smoking, or even smoke and then vaporize, they they, they think that, like, oh, I won't tell anybody about it. Like, what? You know, no. Um, can you still use the hemp for, you know, hemp has so many products for... Uh, What's left behind can still be recycled into other uses as well. You know, I like it better than actually cooking with straight herb because it's already heat-activated by the vaporizing. The waste product, when you, you can add it straight to food, you don't have to boil it down in butter, which boiling boils off everything good anyway. Um, and, uh, so you sprinkle it after or, or actually cook it in? You just add Either it to way. the brownies at the last step before baking. Or I heard someone breaded a fish with it, but they got... They uh, kind of got way too much from that. You ha- you have to beware because even though you got so much out of it, vaporizing, what was left in it is still this strong, as I said, body trip, um, anchor you in the couch kind of thing. It was it was pretty good for a um, airplane trip that I took though. You know, You're flying overseas, it made the 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 whole thing seem shorter. But for uh, the person sitting next to me, though. She had way too much, though, and so um, I was a very good assistant to her um, in in the restroom the whole way <laughs> there. But um, so you have to beware with the with cooking the leftovers. That's a great tip. Yeah, there, well, there's a lot of little tips at every little step of this thing. But I mean, you guys have used it for a while yeah. now since early I days. Come on, my fourth one, maybe. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> The heating element just needed to be replaced, ah. but they come back with cooler light shows as they develop. They get improved. Uh, yeah, yeah. So now it's like a blue green. So what generation are we on? Now? Um, I don't know. It's a constant improvement. Hey, hey Pig. Hi. Pig's joined us. Uh, is it pretty much still the same as the prototype? Well. Uh, the prototype, the actual prototype, made in a, I, I actually made it in a horse barn up the hill from here, uh, was a piece of metal heating element with a metal, uh, the handpiece actually that you put the herb in was like pipe thread. You actually needed um, 
a, a ranch to open it up to get the herb out and replace it. it it's come a long way. Nice With, glass. Yeah, we had we had a lot of help from people in Venice Beach early in the days um, who, with their suggestions, their contacts, and, and everything, helped me, as I was an engineer, so I, I had some skills, evolve it into a clean piece of ceramic in glass with a glass handpiece. made the, the hit ever so better. So now we've gone from the stony idea to the real product, so then you're a business owner. That's got to be another whole trip, running a business and having a staff and stuff of a stony product yeah. would probably attract what a stony do do, staff. You know? Is it hard to manage a stony staff and learn to run a stony no. business? Well, that's why he in invented it, so he could be productive. And, um, we, we're, we're strange people. We, yeah, we have a lot of motivation. And actually, there's, there's some tips in there, too. I mean, that um, we drink yerba mate, which is kind of like coffee, but it's just like vapor. You get way higher for longer and less, and you don't hit a wall. Um, yeah, no. Oh, we divorced all of our friends who did any kind of drugs that weren't this. Um, that was a big step. We uh, started with, well, you know. What, you scissored them? We, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was like, you know, excess baggage, like when the um, Gemini capsules would shed that first fuselage, they're no longer part of the process or useful anymore. Kind of. I mean, I love where we came from. These are awesome people. I mean, the, the we were nurtured by, you know, these, um, like the tribe, you know, moon tribe out in the desert. Uh-huh under the moon listening to music that's where we got a lot of our inspiration and that's where we got all of our first employees um we know a lot of them still but um are there any it's botanists uh, yeah, by nature or these are just moon tribe. Moon tribe autodidactic uh, herbologists which is sort of the same thing we had a lot of different types of talent yeah but actually to involve uh, to evolve this into a company actually a corporation company we had to become corporate and have a lot of people say, you know, you're a pencil pusher now, or or a lot of people went away um, kind of unhappy. But, um, yeah, we work really hard. We stay up all night for many nights. We used to not, we used to work seven days, and uh, we, we really had to build this up. Now we have a lot of people kind of taken from the local area. We have four moms working for us. It's it's a real corporation. A lot so, of so now you're stuff you're like done. a successful international corporation, right? Because you ship these things all Spreading. over. Spreading, but but like some countries got some trippy paraphernalia laws that you gotta like work around or something, like shipping parts separate or something like that. Yeah, so, well, some countries. This country's well, really this the country, only one. Tommy yeah. <laughs> some glass, you know. Um, yeah, sting you, operation. You leave the U.S. and you have a lot more freedoms that you don't get to experience here. You guys know what I'm talking about, probably. Um, it it, but California is great for this to spread, actually. And we're in New York on the East Coast, up north. Um, we actually we have a lot of people copy our product, and those units have gone far. This is a whole market created that we're just one part of. A niche. Yeah. A niche. Yeah. It's a niche, kind of on the fringe. Well, it sounds like you found your. I mean, spot in that niche is that. The process of the removing whatever parts and and sending them to certain places is one that's sort of unique, and also probably they don't even have laws for such things because 
it's sort of physics and science and well it yeah it is physics and science smoking is really like yeah smoking won't go far but vaporizing makes it more safe it can be done indoors even when amsterdam um uh banned smoking indoors well they all got vaporizers instead that's why I'm curious, can it apply to tobacco or other products? I mean, it seems like yeah. there's a whole universe of... Well, it's really meant for that. And actually, all. yeah, we have these herb blends that we actually make up that work in this thing that are shipped with every vaporizer that you could use to open up your lungs. It's kind of like tea for the lungs, the herb blends that we have. Uh, you can also roll them and smoke them. I love to do that, too. As kind of a quit-smoking... It's kind of a quit-smoking device. It can yeah. help singers with their throat, um, maybe, or open up, uh, clear up. That's one of the big things. If if you need your lungs for whatever reason, like you actually work, you're a singer or a sports fanatic, or um, or for whatever reason you need your throat and your lungs, uh, this is Saxophone. way better. A lot of people who can't smoke can now do that because of this. So would that increase the efficiency of the lungs so that yeah. it would be analogous to, say, Steve Prefontaine had these incredible size of a lung, but by the inefficiencies in the way we use our lungs, this would be a way for someone to, like, getting bigger pipes. Well, that doesn't fix, is it? No, it doesn't enhance lungs. Marijuana it, training program. You know, your lung capacity will be better with this thing. With yeah. smoking, you have a cough, you have lessened... Tars. Lung capacity. It's been ten years, but finally people are actually doing the science. I mean, actually, normal um, organization has been doing science, real science, on vaporizers to find out that they have less tar. But finally, someone, the actually the Israeli health ministry, is uh, actually measuring people's lung capacity before and after using our vaporizer. And if they give it their approval. Um, th- this will be a real medical product over there. In the U.S., it is a real medical product now in my head because it's used so much for that. A lot of people who are sick, uh, their lives are really improved. I was going to say Steve McKay, saxophone player for Stooges, uh, cigarettes has hurt his lung capacity. So this might, I got to record with, he came down from Pacifica last weekend and Recording a new album, I got to play bass on it. Cool. And we'd have so many, yeah, in Sunset Beach with uh, Mr. Dick Deluxe. And so many takes, you know. Steve had to sit out. You guys have seen this around? I mean, who have you seen? This vaporizer pops up in a lot of places where you go. I just saw one Wednesday. Bernie Man, you probably heard about our killer vapor mobile, the Vape Shot. Oh, the vape shot, Solar yes. panels on top to charge the batteries. The batteries were under the seat. The thing pedaled around with camouflage net hood on the rickshaw part. And then little hoses come out, so you're dancing in the desert. The little hose comes out, you just hit the hose in the middle of the desert. It's great. Very clever. You were there that Talking year. about the stony ideas coming to reality. Yeah, uh-huh. let's listen to some music.
said, come and live with me in peace and safety, away from all the wangdoodles and hornswogglers and snozwangers and rocking vermicious knits. Snozwangers? Vermicious knits? What kind of rubbish is that? I'm sorry, but all questions must be submitted in writing. Chuck music for first hour. Uh, just heard See Her Coming by Candle Powers and Suki. That's a, one of the Martis Cats by my prac pad of oh, Angel's cool, Gate cool. Cultural Center. He heard the show and flowed me this thing. Bitchin'. And then we had Haymarket Orphans before that with Suits and Uniforms. I think they're from Vermont. And we started off with our Stevie Moore and Sentimental Ties. Stevie Moore asked me for some bass lines I gave him some songs out. Uh, we're at the end of the first hour of March 28, 2009 edition of Beatles Show Hotel for Hour 2 March 28, 2009 second hour of the Lot from Beatles Show
Bob from Pedro Show. Started the second hour out with uh, Highway Code by Now from uh, England. And another cap from England. Uh, this guy, uh, what's his name? I mean, this band's called the Chatham Singers. He's a painter, a poet, Billy Chop. Billy Childers? Childness? Childers? 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 I don't know. Childers? Is that his name? Something like that. You know, he's made like 50, 100 albums. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Billy Childers. Childers. Okay, sorry. No no disrespect. Then this is something new. Kind of like 60s garage sounding. Nels knows a lot about him. We'll talk about Nels in a bit. Because Pete uh, spent, what, two weeks with him? Yeah. Yeah. Here, get on the mic, please. And then we heard Chinese Rocks live by Heartbreakers, 75, Richard Hell singing. Ah, yeah. I supposedly wrote the song with Didi Ramon. You always see it. The copy right now is Ramon. just Ramon. Huh? Yeah, there's no others on there. I've seen copies where it has thunders, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. Uh, just, Richard told me, I mean, I didn't ask him directly, but it came about like he wrote it with D.D. or something. I just saw this Ramones documentary last week, uh, recent, I'm guessing, but they kind of refuted there was any collaboration on that song. Really? Yeah, well, that there's a line. <laughs> there's a line that says, uh, hey, is D.D. home? Would he write that? I, no, I put no. my own name. No, That's but like, I put uh, my name in my songs. Was it Free Kit and covering, you know, Party With Me Conquer? They're going to embellish it a little, of course. I mean... There's a whole notion of... There's a great article in... Um, Boy no, Howdy do you write third... Cover. What I'm talking about, Bob, is writing third person. That's been an ad- That's an add-on. I do it all the yeah. time. That's cool. my songs. I love it. I say why. Forever. And it's me. One reporter. That's how you answer your phone. Yeah, but come on, Pete, it's different. I <laughs> <laughs> I know that's why it's weird to hear we, people... Well, we yeah. brought Tiff on the show for intellectual... <laughs> Don't... No guard on her turf. <laughs> but look, you spent getting back to Nell's, and I brought Howard too, his new album. We'll play something from that a little later. Coward, this has got the great Onan Suite. Yes. Yeah, Onan Suite. My favorite one. Well, I think we played one from it last time. What, like uh, Lord and Lady? Uh, Thurston yeah. County? No. I don't know. We played the song, but I mean, we played something from the suite. We did the line. Anyway, you spent the last two weeks with Nels and Yeah, about, about ten days. I um, I flew up there to catch up with him. Um, wanted specifically to catch a show that he was playing with Turbo Dunn, Ben Goldberg. I thought something Scott. with John Zorn. No, well, no, you Zorn. You got scissored from that. Yeah, right? I got scissored. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tried to invite myself, and it didn't go through. Bum rush. Yes. <laughs> Unsuccessful. Yeah, it went, you know, surprisingly, that was it didn't this. work. Yeah, it ended the Sunday before, and yeah. I, I flew up there two days later. Turbodan, I guess, was playing with Zorn um, that, the prior week. but um, He was doing like residency, right? Like five yeah, gigs or something? At Yoshi's. Uh, Masada, I think. I still haven't seen that whole thing, and um, I heard it's pretty intense, and uh, I'll catch up with it one day somewhere. Um, but I did see that the Turbodons, I think it's Turbodons, um project. I think he's the one that was running the thing. 
so Nels, Scott Amendola, and Ben Goldberg, and I, I said, and then I forgot his last name, but John from Deerhoof. Oh yeah. Who was also in, you know, playing guitar. Yeah. So there's two. Guitars. Now there's two guitars in Deerhoof. Oh, I think a I guy named Ed too. Okay. Yeah. I was telling these guys that they're going to be opening up for Cornelius in May. Yes, they mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we we're gonna great gig. Want to go see I wish that? I could, but I'll be on tour. Oh, so I can't do it. I'll be on part of your tour. Mr. Shumi wants to come to Pedro, so he wanted to come when he was here for those gigs. And since I wasn't going to be here, he says, I have frequent miles. Oh, good. Right? <laughs> get the flyer and call he him frequent so miles. Sweet. I want to meet him. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he's going to come here in June. Yeah. Just oh, cool. Without oh, cool. a gig, just using just the frequent miles. Good. <laughs> he, read, he goes, he's, they get a little mixed up with numbers sometimes. He's going to his head, he's trying to find the word. He goes, 84 million miles. Wow, that's a lot of miles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, millions wrong? Ma- uh, maybe. <laughs> what are you just saying? <laughs> that's a long flight. You know, in the Latin language, milia is thousand. Oh. When Italian says milia, yeah. Yeah, they're not talking millions. Oh. <laughs> that another screw up of the going on. But so he has 84, <laughs> million, <laughs> frequent, 84 million frequent miles. Anyway, he's going to cash in some of his frequent miles to come to Pedro, Good. just to come. Pitching. Well, yeah. Pedro's only going to be, what, 80 million <laughs> frequent flyer miles if you want to go to Pedro proper. From Tokyo yeah. and Arena? <laughs> Non-stop? I think it's about 6,000 yeah. miles. But my, my favorite cool. part of that week is actually to um, get a chance to catch uh, Zoo and Patton. Yeah, the Italian band, right? Zoo and Patton. Um, um, apparently, Nels is a really Asso. good friend with Zoo. Massimo. Yeah. Massimo, Jacopo, and... He's a baritone player. No, no bass player. That's Luca. Luca? Luca, Luca is a baritone player and a drummer. Yeah. It's a three-piece. Yeah. Dose did a gig with him at Spaceland. Yeah, they played... I think pl- they're from Roma. Yeah, they apparently they played with everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They toured much. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, is that in San Francisco? really or? amazing. Great American Music Hall. Okay. Yeah. But, but besides the gig... Nels was recording with Scott and, and Devin. Yeah, and that entire week, Nels was uh, writing the songs. He he didn't write before he went up there. He took took that week to write uh, the the music for the new recording, um, new album for Nels the Klein singers. singers. Yeah, and they because this coward is not Nels Klein singers. No, it's just it's Nels Klein. That dedication we did on the show here, what we played on the show, was Nels Klein singers live as far as Sam's. Yeah. Um, so the recording was Monday through Wednesday. Three days. Yeah, and um, at Fantasy Studio, Westbrook. Fantasy. Fantasy. Oh, it's come full circle. <laughs> what happened? Cheesy and fantasy films. That's where the records, records were done. Okay. <laughs> you don't know Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah, no, I do. <laughs> Hanging around with your wife, how couldn't you not know? Last trip to San Francisco, Bob had to hear all oh, six yes. albums. I'm one of the few people on the planet lucky enough to hear all the albums in succession and have what play-by-play uh, as well as technical uh, musical aspects as well as um, how D-Boom might have related to this part of the song where he didn't like this one. Or, you know, just fascinating. People would pay zillions for this. Uh, followed by Blue Oyster Cult. Raymond's just jealous he hasn't had it, see. But this was really something. So, Nels weaves all that in there. So, is this the album different? Um, yes. Uh, I, I can't really explain how, how it's different, but there is 
some fuge in there. <laughs> fuge? Return to forever. By the way, we've been, you know, you, your name, of course, of course, came up a lot, and that's the word that we were trying to figure out how to spell. Can you spell that word? <laughs> yeah, probably a phonetic. Fuge. <laughs> With one of those you're called use. Yeah, umlaut. Umlaut. And yeah, and uh, and and the idea was to, oh yeah, writing and rehearsing the week before, um, uh, but um, yeah, the idea was to change it up and do something different. Um, and Nels even sang on some stuff. You're singing on it. Yeah. Wow, that's different. Or, well, not singing vocals. Because that was always the irony of the name of the group. Exactly. Yeah. Now I just Is it a trio, or are there on various pieces they've added there, these other people you mentioned? There's actually one person who came in for um, the keyboard. Overdub? To do Overdub. fusion, you kind of have yeah. to have a little keyboard. I think. Oh, of course. Upright yeah. bass, and now and, and, and for the first time, um, for the singers, Devin plays electric. Really? On some mm. songs. He played electric bass. And wow. It's mind blowing. And I was he told like, me once he That's played a it. hit. Mm. That's a hit. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I love this. Remember Charlie Hayford telling me about getting an electric, a, uh, electric yeah. bass not, in the 60s? No, not him. He was looking for work, and he got one to do commercials, jingles. And he had a few months trying to use it, let it go, went back to stand-up. <laughs> Have you ever played with the upright bass enough yeah, to get a... that's what the uh, whole... Is that, you saving that for, like, phase four you, of your career? You'll give me a chance, I'll tell you. <laughs> the little pit project, I'll tell you. I thought if I was really going to learn, if I'm committed to recording, I would have to learn the motherfucker because then I'd be there forever. So I learned up on it to do that record. But it is difficult. It is much different than... It's like a gigantic uh, violin without a chin thing. <laughs> they still get to hang with one of the stand-up bass masters of all time. Willie Dixon. Yeah, oh, Willie Dixon. Yeah. Oh, great songwriter. Yeah. Off to Howlin'. This one's for Howlin', and this one's for Lovey. Yeah. He was great. Yeah, he was a awesome. very, very nice man. Was he wearing a hat? Not when we were at, we were at his pad. He had a pad on Glendale. Yeah. Uh, are you serious? Yeah. So maybe that was a negative call because the most incredible. You talk about Howlin' and... and uh, yeah, it was just so basically just like sitting there talking to your grandfather, you know, he had no ego or no anything like yeah. that. He was just such a nice man. Cool. Uh, does it have a name, Peak? Uh, most songs don't have a name. No, just the album has uh, oh, The least of all the album, yes. Yeah. <laughs> does it have a color? <laughs> um, I don't think Is it a color? <laughs> does it have an odor to it? Um, odor, yes. You so, know, the guy's... What studio? Fantasy. <laughs> wow, there's some old history. Yeah. Yes, and the, yeah, that's the staff is amazing. Whose idea was that? Uh, producer David Briskin. Oh, so it, it's not Nels. That's different. Mm-hmm. Well, he he's the one that made it happen. Like you know, he scheduled the dates in the studio and wow, put everybody up. So it's good Nels did write something for it. Yeah. <laughs> so is he taking the singers off the name then? Um, when's this going to be out? Uh, sometime this year. It's got to be next. Right after the Black Gang. I can't get enough of Nelson. Oh, well, that could be. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Look, the black game was supposed to be after the missing men anyway. I don't. It was just Nels's availability. You got to get that guy when you yeah. can. Right. Okay. Good. Like the Tokyo heat. thing was yeah. three days. So N- Nels. Oh, yeah, three days in between. Will Couture and his brother. And he, he's feeling he like he's in. He's feeling like he's in a lot of like significant projects that are releasing this year. Yours. Yeah. Um, Actually, two albums I did with him. In yeah, yeah. He mentioned two: the one in Japan, yeah, and then the Black Gang, and yeah. this one. He really feels good about it, and of course, he feels like Wilco thing is going to be huge. This one, and yeah, and he keeps cranking them out. Well, why do you have? Uh, you might be doing that too. I mean, you've got these albums. Um, you've recorded, you know, major parts. So it's kind of exciting. I had to take a little heat from Bob uh, Lee. No, he wants to hear. Um, yeah, sounds pretty good. Yeah, well, I had explained to Bob Lee, you know, what the, the dealio was. I had to get nails when I could, right then. Yeah. I couldn't finish the thing yet. Right. I didn't. Uh, I knew Tom and Raúl more flexible and so I could do them after but actually that thing was supposed to be for before also I didn't know what was going to happen uh, with Ronnie and students yeah. like that that was all in pursuit you know I'll say so what things you. happen when they happen because they're supposed to happen that way if you push it too much I think things get too forced and it's not it's not a merch thing. It's about creating works and they're like little lives and they have their own growth cycles. Pumpkin Heads, we've got nine songs, we've got another session coming. When is that? Money Mark. It's, <laughs> not, it's next week. I mean One we have days. to coordinate with uh, Raymond, Money yeah. Mark, myself. And Money me. Mark got um, <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Money Mark uh, two weeks got taken away for uh, some Project with Carlos Santana. Oh, so that okay. dropped out of nowhere. Okay. <laughs> so sometimes these things happen, you yeah. know, yeah. and people got to understand. And Bob Lee, yeah, beautiful. We we saw him last week at the picnic. We oh, went yeah. to the track. That's where we saw Sid. Yeah. And uh, after that, me, Bob, and Raymond went to. Uh, uh, child picnic in uh, <laughs> Franklin Hills yeah LAS and Bob Lee was there and talking about stuff and he sees you know the gigs coming up for this Missing Man tour and then the middle is this recording but I probably won't finish that all in those three days because I have to sing 16, 18 times before that yeah. Every night. So gonna be I'll probably what I'll do yeah. is now me and Nels have been invited. Did you tell you about this? Central Park? No. Summer stage? What? You know Matt Ward? No. Matt Ward's a singer guy, a guitarist, great, Ward. great cat. And he's uh doing some gig in Central Park August first, so he asked for me and Nels to open. Whoa. So when i c I'll probably do the singing when I go to New York to do that gig. Cool. So what are you opening with? It's not going to be a duet. Um, why not? Just a two of you? That'd be cool. Now you got a it's different a duo. <laughs> you and Nels is a duo. That's, it's getting better all no, the time. No, we're trying to... Actually, we had a plan. Uh, if it's Perkins, I'm going to buy a ticket now. We had a plan. Perkins is touring with Jane's Addiction all the rest of the year. Uh, we had a plan to go... Cause 
Nell's got this apartment in New York with Bill Frizzell. Mm-hmm. They Brooklyn. share. Huh? In Brooklyn. Brooklyn that he's never been to. He's going next well, week. Is he going to? Well, he, he was just telling me it's been very hard for him to find time. He almost thinks it's an insane idea to have it. But the uh, plan was because he just had gotten it when we talked about this. We were going to record with Dougie Bound, Miss Yuka, make a oh. fourth thing. So we might do that at the same time. But she might be. Yoko Ono's making an album. Mm-hmm. Well, made an album. It's nice to be 76 Indiana, years yeah. old. So she, they good. might do some gigs at uh, Japanese festivals. So that might not be available. So things. Me and Nell's for sure going to play August 1st in New York. So you played Central Park before? No. Well, first time for me. It's something that the city puts on, you know, every year. New York City in the summer ain't the most happy <laughs> place to be. But I'm it's excited in the to, spring and fall. to hop on the van with you to go to towards New Orleans. <laughs> That'll be fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I invited myself. <laughs> because she's going to do this couch tour to New Orleans, uh, and then she saw the Missing Men gigs. And we go to Baton Rouge. Yeah. So she in the van. First five, six. Sounds eight. like a good photo op opportunity. Uh, some black and whites come out. Of that. All right. Well, look, look. We gotta let Brother Matt have his no <laughs> installment <laughs> of yeah. the Spin Cycle. Yeah, I got one for the Vapor Brothers and all the Vapor lovers out People there. People who don't want to turn this show into like. Uh, Can you feel it? Nothing can save you, for this is the season of catching the vapors. And since I got time, what I'm going to do is tell you how I spread it throughout my crew. Well, you all know Nate Dog, who sings on my records. Never leave me alone, ain't no fun, now check it. Back in the days before Nate Dog began, he used to try to holler at this girl named Pam. The type of female with fly Gucci wear. She wore a big Turkish boat with a weave in her hair. When they tried to kick it, she'd always fast talking about, Baby, please, you out here, sir. Since he wasn't no type of big chronic dealer, the homie Nate Dog didn't appeal to her. But now he rock boots that match what it suits, and push Alexis coat that's extra cheap. And now she stopped hunting and wants to speak in, be coming around the pan every single weekend. To get his beeper number, she be begging please, dying for the day to eat these. She called for vape. She called for vape. I got a little cousin that's common flame. He bring the heat with the beat for the dog pound game. A mellow type of fellow that's laid back. But back in the days, he wasn't nothing like that. I remember when he used to scrap every day. When my auntie would tell him he would never obey. He wore his khakis hanging down with his stars untied. And a blue and gray cap that said the inside. Around my neighborhood, the people treated him bad. They said that was the worst thing his mom's ever had. They said he would grow up to be nothing but a gangster. Or either in jail or someone was shaking but now he's grown up to their surprise DAC he got a hit record slanging worldwide now the same people that didn't like him as a child bumping dog food dog father and don't be shouting they call the vapor they call the vapor I got another homie from the LBC, known to y'all as DJ Warren G. He cut scratch, transform with finesse, and all that mess. I remember when we first started to rock, we tried to get 
did this job at Calvin's record shop. He was in it to win it, but the boss running said, Sorry, Warren G, but there's no help on it. Now my homie Warren still tried on and on and on to the light break of dawn. To work at the VIP would be the late, but they looked right past him, so my homie straight did. Now for the year after regulate, Warren G is having paper, so my homie's like straight. He walked into the same record shop as before, and the boss be like, Warren, welcome to my store. Offering him a job, but now nah, he don't want it. Damn, it feels good to see people love homie. Cause I remember when, at first they wasn't. Now guess what they call since he busted the vapors. They call the vapors. Guess I gotta talk about me. Last subject of the story is about Snoop Dogg. I had to work for mine to show I was a true heart. When I was a teenager, I tried to be down. But since they wasn't trying to hear me, I made the dog pass. I saw a crew on two on street and said, can I be down champ? They said, no, no, no. Like a wet food step. After getting rejected, I ain't run off the set. I sat and wrote some dog doodle rhymes at my rest. When I used to go to parties, they make me wait. Would have to beg to get on the mic to set MC straight. I ain't never loved no hoes. I was just into my music. Back to Like I wanted to keep on hanging with the business But now things switched from west to east Your dog, do you remember me from 21st 3G? We used to see Dan back in the days It happens all the time So brother, don't be amazed You caught the vapor You caught the vapor You get my whole clip Bikes illegal, so they sent for the law, but I don't care, Joe. I just keep on pedaling, ride past shorty light skin with no melanin. Shirt look like somebody stuffed two melons in. Had to stop so I could preach like Reverend. I grip on the handbrake and say, What up? I skip on the handshakes, I'm straight. What else? I got two pegs on the back, and you got two legs under your skirt. So hop, we head to the dope pedal headquarters. You would be there if you could. 
truck got the red wheels and the white mags, but it's all good. Got the go hundred spokes like boys in the hood with the lime green frame. Dollars on the bike seat, handlebar grips is the same as my Nikes. And the mode of gold I use for my spokes and the frame is the same as I use for my chain.
Papecito me viene Moviendo mi cadera Si yo soy bailarina Y mi filo no se niega Bailo para la tentadilla Entrenando de punta Dame mambo y salsa Mucho clorín y hip hop Si me envienta de yes Lista de para ver yes Más que digo las voces Vente a ver mi baile Y dime si tú los ves Nacimiento es como yo Driver's license, please. What's that in your cassette? very much, Brother Matt, for another installment of The Spin Cycle. What was the impetus, motivation? Started off in like an urban romance type of a thing. Lots of nerve in this. Lots of nerve. Yeah, and went from there. Okay, Watt from Pedro Show. Uh, our lady guests on the show, we're going to talk about their cars. Now, Tiff, uh, you've been without a car for a month. <laughs> a peak uh, 
everyone knows from last show, Jared, through <laughs> CouchSurfing.com, has got her back in the race with uh, her Mini Cooper. But Gradually. Your, your adventure. Okay. This Thunderbird you had. This Thunderbird, it was given to me, and I was just driving it till it, till it gave out. It, I mean, I put a lot of miles on it, um, and it was a good car while it lasted. I had to go to Las Vegas for something, and I really didn't want to drive my car, but my friend who was supposed to drive couldn't go, so anyways, I had to go. I had to take my car. And um, thank God, okay, as soon as I was going over the hill, my car started making noise. The hill. The hill, yeah. like when you go to Las Vegas. Uh, 15. I don't know what hill 15. it is. K-Home Pass? Well, anyways. Yeah. No, Tahoe Pass is... Cajon. Oh, Cajon. Not Cajon. Cajon. Box. Okay, okay. So... Box Canyon. Started making noise, and... Okay. Thank God. I just... I prayed, and I was just like, please let me get to Las Vegas. Please. I don't want to break down in the desert. And... As soon as I got to my exit in Las Vegas at Tropicana, right at the top of the ramp, my car stalled. And, but it stalled, so I tried to start it back up, started back up, and um, I was able to drive it a couple more miles to where I was going, and, and I just basically left it there. I mean, I, I parked it, and then I towed it. To get back, right? Yeah, I rented a car to get back, and I put that car in storage, and one of my friends that lives in Kansas was going to come and pick my car up. And anyway, so he's done that. And then he came, so he, <laughs> awesome friend from Kansas, picked up my car, sent it back, sent it to Kansas, and then he drove out here and he fixed my motorcycle, took the car apart and fixed it. And um, and then a couple days after he left, I got a new car. Well, new to me, so yay. And it has a subwoofer in the back. I don't know how to turn the base down. It's Toyota. It's a yeah, it's a second generation, I guess, Forerunner, a '95. What year was your old car? '93. But this one is it's nice. This car was kept in in nice condition. It's like oh my gosh, it's my. So are you gonna try and drive this one in the ground? (laughs) I'm gonna take care of this one. I'm gonna take care of this one. This car has a lot of miles on it. Change but that oil. Now, to get that piso back to Kansas, he didn't drive it. He had it put on a truck. Mm-hmm. He had it put on a truck and took, took wow. it back. Wow. So, uh... I don't know why. in SoCal. <laughs> well, but I don't know. Everything else was pretty okay. Maybe, Maybe just dead motor. Mm-hmm. It was in pretty, you know, good Yeah, it was. I saw it. it Through the rods, what? Yeah, well... By the time I got I to Las that, Vegas, I think it was a rod also. Yeah, <laughs> threw a rod or burned a crank. Mm. No, you know what screwed no it up? No, 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 no. It wasn't that there wasn't any oil. The thing is, I was stupid, and I can't believe I did this. The last time I got the oil changed, since I hadn't changed the oil in a long time, I put synthetic oil in it. And I know that's what screwed it up, because it's an older motor, yeah. and, and it wasn't used to having synthetic yeah. oil, so it was too thin. yeah. And, you know, maybe going up the hill. Yeah, big strain. Um, that screwed it up. So, whatever. Well, maybe you need a vaporizer. I was looking for a new car can, anyway, so. <laughs> what? I mean, the, that car was <laughs> but, but, given but, but, to me, so but, it's not like my yeah, heart was in it. You know, about, now I have no, something I want. No, but the dilemma of living in SoCal and not having a car. Oh, yeah, it sucks, yeah, especially where I weird. stay. 
Where were so you staying? Where were you car. staying? In, uh, uh, well, okay, Carson. I don't want to say anything bad about Carson because... <laughs> no, go ahead. No, I mean, because I, 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 like, I like Carson. <laughs> but. It's, so do I, but. No, but where, where I stay, it's, there's, yeah, yeah. it's not like, you know, where you live in South Redondo. I mean, you can, like, walk to a lot of different things or, you know, different it's parts kind of, of LA. It's like, there's nothing over there. Breathing it, petrol. And especially, well, anyways, it just sucks because basically I have a car. I didn't have a car and I, I mean, luckily I wasn't working at the time, so it's not like I had to stress out about getting to work, but, yeah. uh. <laughs> Do you speak jive? It's not even like... <laughs> Speaks a lot of jive. speak jive all the time. So you love your new brother, huh? I love my new... I love my new car. Yeah. Getting around. It's, it's like... What's I never thought I'd own a foreign car, but... Uh, what is it about Toyota. it that makes it so... I mean, you seem smitten. I like... Runs. Because this... <laughs> I don't know. I've always liked this body style. I remember back... You know, when these vehicles first came out, and I thought, wow, that's a cool, like, I like that Forerunner. You <laughs> so know? the visual or also the car Yeah, and the, the back feel. seats fold down. Oh. It's like, it's an SUV. Jared Trubadich, a second man drummer, has one. Okay. He gets oh, yeah. his whole drum kit in there. They're so kind of high up. Functional, mm-hmm. and Yeah, 17 inch rims. For, for, uh, <laughs> Four-wheel drive. <laughs> this one's only two, though. Mine's only two. Oh, it's a two-wheel drive version. It's okay. a faker. It, but it's, so it is, but it's still, it still—it looks like it's. Now, Pete, what about yours? Now you got a, a new hood. The never-ending story. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I have this uh, new old hood sitting there for new a while. New old hood. <laughs> My car has been beaten up, but you know, it has problems, and I guess, uh, truthfully, with bad mechanic. Um, I had a really bad mechanic. He didn't know anything about that car, so he just kind of. Um, half Yeah, I did patchwork and tried to make it run and when uh, when Jared from last week yeah. um, took a look into it, he just kept swearing. And gasping. <laughs> gasping. Uh, and yeah, I think he knows. And he's like, really do well. not yeah. ever let that mechanic touch your car ever again. <laughs> and so, yeah, he, he yeah, Jared uh, knows all that stuff and um, amazingly, I think, um, is that he also knows how to convert cars into um, um, more fuel efficient and everything. So this whole idea about um, about uh, hybrid cars and stuff being ugly and things, and yeah. there's like a whole mentality, especially in California, that people would sign up more into fuel efficient cars if they were cooler and, and uh-huh. nicer. I think he actually blocked yeah. about that, and um, and I. I kind of it's I, a styling I, issue. Yeah, I can. I feel that there that there might be a good market there where where hot rods can turn into a better, you know, like cleaner vehicles and more and, efficient. Yeah, and that he way. should talk to Bert here. There's a, there's a, you know, they they understand it. He told me he had every Porsche manual back to 1948 yeah. and uh, understood all of them, read them cover to cover, and uh, I worked at an auction for Disney and I described his car. He goes. Oh, I have all the specs on it. It's like, you know, a converted Volkswagen 72 with a Porsche 911 engine. Yeah. He could tell me more, and I actually tried to move the thing a few times. And you, and you met him just through... Through car surfing. Yeah. Local, local car surfing. Oh, okay. 
like it's, it's not someone you met and you would like invited him to stay with you because you knew he was a no, mini a, mechanic. It's local. It's now it's like a community. It's not it's like just Craigslist. about conking. Uh-huh. He wants yeah, to they get, the get house together and right. social network. What? The uh, couch surfing. No, he he like, lives in uh, he Santa, Santa Monica. Yeah, he's local. He was talking about putting together. Um, oh, like a, a West Coast. Yeah. Central you know I mean. <laughs> house, right? House, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Sometimes that can be a little. I don't know. I'm still a little skeptical about people who overreach that stuff. I mean, I did. I did it a lot, but, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, it, you you're know, gonna, you're gonna go on your own couch surf tour yeah. soon, right? Yeah, they need to be like Nelson, less. You know, but I'd rather not see that get blown. You know, hyperbolic oh, the whole couch surf. I don't care. You're um, done with it, huh? <laughs> you moved on. No, she's going to do her own tour yeah. coming in April. You know what's interesting? I was in San Francisco and uh, and looked up something. You know what's going on locally? And you, ch- I, I showed up at the St. Patrick's little drinking party, and there, there they were, like fifty couch surfers just drinking. And I'm like, hey, and everybody's just like, hey, you know, like it's all like old friends, and it's kind of a crazy idea to think that you can go to any city, look up something, and you show up, and everybody like friends, and you can totally find a place to stay. Just all of that, you know. Like, yeah, that sounds <laughs> kind of scary, right. though. No, here we're I'm at the end. Hold on to your Bob. We're at the end of the second hour of March 28, 2009. Well, for Pedro Show, hold tight for hour three. March 28, 2009, it's the third hour of the Wap for Pedro Show. Six here, I think you're lonely. See the 
Show start third hour out with Sulfur Goat by Fujiko. That excerpt from a gig uh, March 25th, 2009, which was just Wednesday in uh, Brighton, England, with uh, Demo Suzuki. Demo Suzuki was the se- second singer for Can. Remember this band from Germany in the oh, yeah. late 60s? Love them. And he does this, uh, you know, Can? Yep. Yeah, great man. Well, Demo, in fact, I've seen the first singer too. But uh, Demo, the way he's been torn, you know, over 30 years now, hurt near, yeah, couple yeah of, 40 years. From like 73. It's like he has no band. He, uh, he's a singer, right? So he comes into town, he finds cats he wants to play with, but no tunes. Just improvises with his voice, and then the band picks up behind him. Wow. Pretty seat of the pants, balls <laughs> yeah. out. I've seen record. him do it in Australia, yeah. wow. in Melbourne, with uh, Omar from uh, Mars Volta. And my friend Sam, now Sam and myself have this project called Cuz we've been working on. And when I was on tour last summer, I did drums. Well, I did bass, he did drums for three days, and we came up with all these rhythm tracks, and now we're putting them in together songs. Well, he was one of the drummers. I think there was three drummers. And uh, horn section, and, uh, guitars, and keyboards, and and demo. I mean, they all keyed on him. Wow! And this cat, he, he, kind of incredible because he's like a thread. He can unite all these different things, you know, by doing his tours. Mm-hmm. And also, he has a family. He's raising his family. He makes yeah, a living. True. Yeah. So much respect. And then we heard. Um, I got this from 
Holy cat. Remember I that that benefit for uh, S. Clay Wilson I did in Hollywood? Yeah. Someone who knew, knew the promoter game is they're called the Fuck Hits Combo, and the song is Oh Yeah, She Will. And uh, that turned in kind of a nightmare because people putting it on who allowed the space to be used, right? I would kind of connive in. Oh. People who try to, for me, very low... Low vibration level? Um, no, just motive. low uh, posture of humanity when yeah. you seize upon a benefit to try to uh, mm. g- gain advantage on. Mm. Trying to help this man. Cartoonist. He's That's a cartoonist, says Clay Wilson, that they, from the Zap comic days, and they found him. You don't know what happened. You know, he passed out on the street or somebody assaulted him or something. Anyway, he's in the hospital with the head injuries and all this. And so it was to get money up to help them out, you know. And uh, somebody else, you know, I hate for it to be Hollywood because that sounds so cliche, but it was someone from Hollywood. And That's awesome. But we did get bones up for him. And uh, I got to meet this guy named Barbital Bob. This cat, 75 years old, uh, he knows Charlie Plymel. They're good friends. They're both from Kansas, Wichita. And knew Cassidy and Burroughs and these people. So I got to, to rap with him after the show. The, the beat people, you know, uh, interesting cats. Mm. Cassidy, that's a different speed of life. Awesome. <laughs> he was Denver, awesome. but yeah. he, see, Dr. Ball was telling me, he kind of shared... They weren't coast people, you know? Yeah, they weren't. So there was kind of kindred spirit, but... uh, It's a trip. I love... You know, when you think of old people, you think of, right? You think of real square and shit. But these these cats, like uh, Herman, you know, musicians, artists, poets, they get older, okay? Mm -hmm. They don't... You know, change into fogies, you know, their bodies all kind of withered up and stuff, but they have a lot of experiences, a lot of life. He looks really cool. Mm. You know, Herman was telling me he had to get a job delivering body parts, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's what he's doing now. Yeah. Wow. That's so neat. Those stories. Now, uh. (laughs) Bulgari and the Benefit, though. This place you're playing tonight, I read this little. It's not a benefit. People say, no, I know that. But someone I'm said they bogarted a benefit. I, I got to tell you, this there. is the first time I've played in Dana Point. Now, I've played San Juan Capistrano before the Coach House. The Choach House. <laughs> the old days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, I've been at this place in the daytime. It, I stopped in there. It looked like an interesting place uh, yeah. for a beer. And, but, no, someone that is going... Well, I'll be able to talk really about it next it, show because then I'm done. It'll be a bit <laughs> But I want to... Uh, ask Bert about kayaks because you've met you've built your own kayak mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I want to know more about this there's a magazine called if you go to Wooden Boat Magazine and there's a lot of home built kayaks now but back in the 90s that was just getting started you buy very thin marine plywood they used to sell it around here. A lot of the places I know are now closed, but you can still find it. It costs a lot, but you, yeah, you just follow the plans. Yeah, you have to be mechanical. There's a lot of sanding and nudging and pushing and tugging and 
and How's it put together even without wiring. the screws or well, with glue? It's actually like the plywood is all laid out. It's scarfed together, which means it's uh, kind of overlapped and glued together. Yeah, so and, um With like an angle cut. And then you actually cut out a curved shape out of the plywood, two mirror curved shapes, um, kind of like I'm demonstrating with my hands. But if um, if you put two curved shapes together and actually you sewed them together, the kayak is actually built from wood that has been sewed together with, with copper wire. So Like oh, so it's drilling really holes up and down all the, the end. Yeah. yeah and then sewing together, it pulls up into a 3D shape. I'm cupping my hands together to show the shape right now but yeah and then a deck goes on after that it it takes a year takes you know, a year i mean it takes a summer if you were really doing it but how long to, um, to have it considered tortured plywood at what point does it become when it gets pulled up into that 3d shape yeah. by sewing it together it's the plywood is really not wanting to do that you are officially tortured so now you tortured yeah. so you did it can't yourself. go back yeah i tortured oh, the plywood wow. So then it can't so return to that state in other words. Once it's tortured, it cannot... If the wires broke, which they did sometimes, it would explode back into the flat shape again. <laughs> yeah, wow, it, that it sounds better it's than trial and error yeah. sometimes. Wow, yeah. that's cool. But, yeah, you know, you go out in the harbor, you have to be in something that looks good or else... I mean, they kind of wonder why you're there. Like, I have to make it really beautiful. Is that Dan Coyne or Pedro you're talking about? In, in no, Cabrillo, here, yeah. In the yeah. yeah. Who okay. cares what it looks like Cabrillo. as long as it doesn't fall apart while you're out there. No, the but uh, maybe <laughs> the ombre and shit. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. I'd go out there in, like, kind of tough weather. People would come out to wonder why I was there or yeah, if they like, needed uh, to rescue me or whatever. Why are you bringing something in here? You have to act like you know what you're doing out there now, especially in these days. You have yeah, to act yeah, like no. you're going somewhere. No They'll come up to you and ask you where you're going. You know what I do? I wear the same outfit always. Yeah. Always the same yellow sweatshirt and purple pants. That's smart because you're never <laughs> off the radar because so they, they know you're not. And I also do it every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I do it very regular. Yeah, because... Yeah. That's weird. I go out middle of the night. Yeah, well, that's three a.m. <laughs> how do you? If three a.m. How do you like explain why you're there? Yeah. But even in the afternoon, when I was sailing, the the coast guard would come up. Where are you going? You know, we're we're not going anywhere. We're just out here. That wasn't my answer. I was like, um, I'm going to my dock. Where is your dock? They ask you the same question over and over. They do that if you're hiking near JPL at night. Let me tell you. First. Okay. Imagine that. <laughs> why would you hike at night? Well, I work during the day. Yeah, exactly. Into the night, and then I, yeah. I go out early in the morning. Sometimes I wish they would pull me over instead of just cruise by very slow looking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta know you pretty well. Yeah, now, please right? talk to me so I can tell you that. Yeah, I, you get to um, know me and stuff. Um, you know, in the old days in the 70s, Port Wardens, when they, we had Port Wardens, I got to know a lot of them, and it was just so much better, just them being able to talk to me and see who I am. Instead of all this weird suspicion, there's that uh, fucking that weirdo paranoid. again. Mm-hmm. You know, It'd be better you could be them. a weirdo that uh, they've talked to mm-hmm. instead yeah, of just like, a weirdo uh, unknown because the, the fear comes on unknown. Yeah, and local cops are more personal. The federal cops are way more suspicious yeah. and stuff. And we got, right around here, being in the heart, we got 11, Many different, 11 different 11, kinds yeah. of cops. Uh, so so the more of them <laughs> I could talk to if they could, got to know me, because I'm not so regular mm-hmm. on the bike or in the kayak. Mm-hmm. You know, I wear very bright stuff, so it's hard for people to run me over or hurt me. <laughs> and so I'm not hiding in anything. There so, was somebody right around here, I was on bluff on my bike. And uh, 
someone hit down the street and reported a man with a gun. So I get roused to, you know, search me and all this. No problem. Uh, uh, you know, but they, they, a lot of edge. Homeland Security and the FBI just went to the museum up here. For yeah. Back because they had the uh, air raid reenactment yeah, recently. that's right. And the announcer was saying that there's a submarine sighting out there because they were reenacting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, somebody <laughs> yeah. called up and, and reported there was a submarine sighting, even though they didn't sight it. They just heard oh, the announcer right. say they sighted it. And so uh, they called up. War of the World. Yeah, yeah you, know about, out there. you know about you know, Wells. War of the World. Or, or yeah. some Wells. Well, along with, heard it live. Did the H.G. Wells uh, story over yeah. the radio. Yep. Yeah. As a dramatization, mm-hmm. and people thought mm-hmm. there was really a Martian. Did some people kill themselves and stuff? Well, was there people killing themselves? Possibly. I was talking wow. to my mom about that. That she yeah, experienced it on the Lake Radio. This line. is in the they late thirties. They bought it hook, line, and sinker. I mean, it was easy to look back in twenty twenty. But mm. like, no, it could happen now, like this yeah. right here. Yeah. I mean, when that went down, okay, this was only a couple weeks ago. I was hearing all the explosions. Yeah. I didn't really know what it was. I kind of thought it was fit fi- uh, fireworks. Well, the fact that you're out there so regularly, I know. No, well, this was I, at night. You can probably spot different things. You know what I mean? Like they can. You you notice anything that's off the radar because you have a regular routine and anything yeah. that's completely new and foreign. You know, that's what gets your attention. Did, oh, okay. I'll be what a little spy for them. You want? No, if you did, they should at least be your friends. No, you don't wear no. You blast the email by the, by noon. Huh? If he sees anything unusual, he would take the picture and yeah. he blast it yeah. off to we all gotta, of us by noon yeah. that day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what he Definitely. does. The trippy pictures of the lighthouse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sunrise. There's five different climates here on the planet. That's right. There's a big telescope music.
sleepless, staring, waiting for the apocalypse. In this house, haunted by dark memories, lightning and thunder come as just pride. In the summer's night, ironic and cryptic, God, I wanna break out of this place. This house holds me in steel chains, but return broken head case. Welcome. To the insane, tireless torture stems from spiritual unrest. I'll find the strength that I need to beat this beast. You know, search for sanctity. In the dimmest visibility, finding the light in a space I expect it least. God, I want to break out of this place. This house holds me in steel chains, but. Return, broken head cage. Welcome back into the insane. I'll be free. Oh, I'll be free.
us. Thank you very much. Last, uh, maybe turn that down. Section of music for this edition uh, started with Taka and Joel doing March 24, 2009, take one. Started like that demo. Where it didn't have a name, it was just when they did the jam. Now, Taka's coming to town Monday. He's a drummer. I think he's a sushi chef, too, in his other life. He mm. plays really wild. And, On his uh, number. Joel's like a keyboard, uh, no, not keyboard, like uh, with uh, the spins. Both mm-hmm. matches the spins. But it's just going to be Taka with me. And uh, well, Taka and Joel, and then a guy named Matt Hayes had this thing called the Endless Contortionist. And it's an improvised thing. Now Matt has gone to New York City, so Taka has to jam with me. He's a wild drummer. And then we hear Change of Sandra, Ice Walk by Brutum Fullman. Parsnip Maker by the, I like the band. You know, Grex gave me these. You know, Grex is a cat from Carolina Rainbow, whatever name always changes. Parsnip. The cat I knew uh, in the '80s as a young man, and then 20, 25 years later, he found me again. Huh. Yeah. He was at that gig. You remember that young man I was talking? Well, he's that's as young. After the show, at the end of the oh, Bed the dude Devil outside. Lounge, yeah, that okay. was Grex. Okay. Cool and guy. now look at the, the parsnip maker by the brand and in parentheses another plight of medics oh. dot dot dot. I remember his outfit. P- he was wearing. Yeah, wasn't it trippy? Mm-hmm. P O S. Now I said <laughs> P O S. I said, is that an acronym? I like it. Is that an acronym? Uh, no, he said, thought it meant pause, like positive. I said because we're talking about cars, right? Because P O S means piece of shit, right? Call a car that's not running too well. That's what it means. And then we heard something from Bob. Uh, 19, uh, September 85, uh, Minuteman, Berkeley Square, little man with a gun in his hand, and it's for your brother, right? Today well, is his birthday. My brother would be 61 years of age today, and he um, got me into music. He brought in the more dangerous forms, um, the first to bring in Hendrix and whatnot. So I finally got a chance to take him to a, a show. Um, and it was a Minutemen in 1984, and I lured him in by playing this song, Little Man with a Gun. But uh, he was impressed by Georgie's musicianship uh, as it compares to, you know, legendary drummers. Uh, Speaking of which, remember the Redwood gig, uh, gig last week? Redwood Bar? We saw Grant Hart. Yeah. Grant Hart was in town. And he uh, saw Miss Men play, and what did he say to you about drummer man Raul? Oh, he said that... Um, he told me first, and I wasn't going to relay it because I was going to keep that private, but he's better than Hurley. And he went up and, <laughs> and he told me that. But it was fun watching the show. Is that you know how you know look at a friend during the show and go, you know, they're how different they kind of drummers. Yeah. Grant is like looking over at me like the music's really cooking, and we look at the same time and he smiles. He was Killer props, enjoying it. So. That's quite a statement <laughs> to say that Hurley, uh, you know. Yeah. You can't compare the two, but. Um, no, different It was style. nice. Uh, the, it's good to see Grant. Grant was looking healthy. Yeah. I think he was going up to San Francisco to play uh, at the Eagle. The Eagle. Screaming Eagle. Screaming Eagle. Screamin Eagle. Back where Mike used to set hearts <laughs> on fire, he and Greg uh, Norton um, were quite the talk of the town with their mustaches up there. Me and Norton? You and Norton. Norton. Sporting Greg Norton? Norton. The Loon Cafe. So it was great to see him. Then we played the next night, Chinatown. At Mountain Bar, where Tom Watson's been doing a lot of stuff. What's our Raymond's lecture? Oh, I heard there's a workshop coming up. That's a strange room upstairs. It can get sweaty. Oh, bad. 
I gave a talk there last year. Huh? Workshop this week or something? There's, Nels is doing something Monday, right? With you? They, no, it's with Flea. Watson tried to get me on that. I said, not two bass players, come on. Come on. <laughs> no, let Flea what about play a, for my, I, I got to record with Flea Wednesday, by Trace. the way. Mm-hmm. Cool. Was that Trace? Trace bass? It was Flea, myself, and Kay doing Trace. a Black Moth Super Rainbow song called Drippy Eye. <laughs> and actually, me and Flea, we played together first. Uh, he played kind of the drum part on the bass, and I played like the bass line, but... They did with the synth, but I did on the bass. I had to wait. I wanted to stay in the same key, so I had to tune it really low. The strings were flabbing. And then we let Kay do all the overdubs. She did like five, six, seven overdubs. Oh, wow. So it's like a, what did Fleet call it? A, a, a kirastra. Orchestra. <laughs> kirastra. It's payback. It's like Ronnie doing overdubs. You know, that's great. So how did she like no, it wasn't working payback. with it? It was that's our cool. idea, we thought. Because really? she, what she did was she listened to the song. And Kay's like this. She's very thorough. You know, I'm not just going to wing it. She goes and learns all those little synth parts. She scored them all out. So me and Fleet thought, wow, she took all the time to do that. Let her go, go for it. Because we were going to all pile up different bases. But then we thought, no, we'll just be like the rhythm section. And Kay will be the... So we did that. That, that was interesting. And then he's going to play with Nels. And I think they have someone else. Watson, I think it's the last night, so we wanted to put together all these different people. The Mountain School. Creative time for you, uh, recording a lot of interesting stuff. Isn't he always like this? <laughs> yeah, but he's really... <laughs> well, Raymond doesn't always say that Watson's on top of his game and like... For a while I was doing a lot more gigs and recording. I, I'm trying to record more of the, the yin-yang. Shift gear balance, yeah. For like, I'd say from... Early 90s, huh? The end of Firehose. Mm-hmm. Up to the. Maybe last year or two. Yeah. Hardly any recording versus gigs. Mm-hmm. And touring. A lot more. So I want to reverse that trend. How do you feel that's, you know, playing the bass and your evolution with it, how that's factored in uh, being so many different sorts of things? And it's just something I feel lame about because. When you make works, when you make recordings, they're there after you're dead. When you just do gigs, they're only there while you're doing them alive. Yeah. So I think as I got more into middle age, that's what uh, got on my, put myself on my case to make more works and not just gigs. Not really the bass. Although the bass, it's interesting recording. especially this way with the internet where people just send me songs and I put because it's a bunch of different styles of music like I uh, have to put another power book uh, bass line some of that stuff so hard to play to stuff with no real drummer all machines so that stuff has some bearing and you do it through recording I can't be in all the different towns record with all these people so they flow it to me and so Recording is a way to share with people that way. That's kind of nice. And gigs are very important too because there's something about music being in the moment. And so I'm never going to give up on gigs. It seems like Mr. Be Jimmy a new tour. and um, Nels, you know, I haven't heard you elaborate. Did you have, I, I would like to see that combination. Uh, did they play together over at the end of the year? Did they? Yeah. Live? We made an album. Yeah. And we did a gig on my birthday. You don't know about that? Oh, I know about, about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a radio. radio uh, yeah, well, we t- I talked yeah. about it when I came well, home. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, so, I know. Your house. Any yeah. chance of a live gig? 
Because the first show I did coming I back, and I didn't drink. Do a half a sleep. Yeah. I, 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 when I came home, <laughs> I didn't drink <laughs> until New Year's, and then I, I, I conked out. Yeah. Um, it's my fault. <laughs> you can hear <laughs> her fighting the mouse to click it off, and her she's laughing. <laughs> and I'm talking, and then slurring <laughs> and snoring. <laughs> Should have left that on. It's on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about the gig, Bob. Yeah. So if you listen well, to I mean, the show, you find this out. <laughs> going forward, I mean, is he going to play here? Ass reruns. To play here uh, live, to play live here in town, Peter, or something like that. That's what I'm. Well, I know we got plans for this coming December to make another one. Yeah. Part two. In Japan. And I and I just got I'm yeah going like last time. time. I'm going this time. It's my birthday. I just got yeah. invited. You know, they took one of the songs from. Brother, sister, daughter gig, and put it on a compilation. And Raymond did the cover. It's called oh. Kill Your TV Volume Nine. Yeah, <laughs> nice. And uh, they're going to have a release party in September, and uh, I've been invited to go play there. Cool. So I might go before December, before the next Miss Amen tour, because I'm planning a fall fall tour. Hopefully, the album will be out and I can tour on the album. Because this tour really is to practice the album, so we can <laughs> do good with the record. Uh, I want to thank. Um, Thank Bert, you. Thank you. Tiff, Bob, thank Brother you. Matt, cool. for joining me on this March 28, 2009 edition of Watt from Pedro Show. Thanks for sharing your insights and your wonderful personas. Uh, next week. Cool. Okay. Keep powder dry. <laughs>